Hey, this is Eric Olivares, pastor at Axios Church in Lakeland, Florida, and this is our podcast. Axios' mission is to point people to Jesus so they can find worth and purpose in God. We hope this message encouraged you and uplift you throughout your week. Enjoy the message. We've been going through a series called, um, our summer series called Nature, but specifically we've been going in the month of, of May talking about deserts. We're walking with the children of Israel as they exit, the, as exit slavery in Egypt and going walking towards the promised land that God has promised them in this place. And, um, and, and when the, while they're navigating through this journey, we see God showed himself time and time again. And in the midst of even the Israelites complaining time and time again, God still showed his powerful hand in that desert season for the Israelites. Do you know that when it comes to life, it's easy to quit towards something you're going after, especially when you don't see it right away. It's easy to quit when God has given you a promise and it's taken two, three years and you think that you missed it. But what if you didn't miss it? What if God is just having you in a desert season? A desert season, not for you just to leave out there, for you to be dry and alone. No, for you to grow and know who he is, see his power, see his hand working in your life, even at the driest seasons of your life. See, this is where the Israelites are. See, sometimes God puts us in these wilderness seasons for us to grow. And that's what we've been talking about the the whole month of December. How can we not quit and grow in this opportunity of God using these desert seasons of our life? Week one, we talked about the exit. We talked about um, actually Israel leaving Egypt, going into the promised land. We said that God sent a cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. And we said that cloud was for, for the shade for them, for this continue to endure to go into the season that we're going in. And then we said that the pillar of fire was the protection that they needed and the light that they needed to move forward in their journey. And last week, we talked about... Um, how we got to this place of a stop in their journey called the Red Sea. The Red Sea was in front of them. And we talked about how the Israelites got fear gripped gripped their life. And when they turned around from where they were supposed to be going, and they turned around to the fear, which was Pharaoh coming after them. And we talked about how fear sometimes grips us in life. And that we have to understand that um, it, it, that if we're, if we're living in fear in the desert season of life, fear sometimes is going to make us look foolish. See, God is wanting us to move forward in life, but if we put our eyes to what is holding us back, we will never move forward because our attention is in the wrong place. So we also talk about fear will make us lose direction in life, and fear will make us praise on the wrong side. We talked about last week how sometimes it's easy to praise God whenever we get on the other side of the Red Sea. When God already provided, we can throw a worship service. But what if we prayed on the wrong, on the right side? What if we prayed on the side of the desert? What if we prayed on the side of our pain? What God can do through that season can make us grow in that season. Sometimes we have to praise on the right side. So let me just break it down for you as we go into the next section of the journey of the Israelite people. In, in, in chapter 13, verse 7, we see God save 
the Israelites from battle with the Philistines. In chapter 13, verse 21, we see the cloud and the pillar. In chapter 14, we see the Red Sea. And then in chapter 15, we see them praising God, having a worship service on the other side of the Red Sea. We're, we're, we're going to skip through it, but on chapter 15, we see God turning the bitter water into sweet water for the Israelites. In chapter 16, we see manna coming down from heaven. And in chapter 17, we see the raw. Um, we see them striking a rock and water coming from a rock um, to provide in that season. The Israelites, time and time again, complained, and time and time again, God still blessed. Now, now look at this. Every time, it was the same narrative. God will bless them, and because they didn't feel like God was blessing them the right way they, that they thought it was going to be, they complained about it. Matter of fact, sometimes they even said, I want to go back to the slavery. I want to go back to the bondage that I left. And we see time and time again, complaining, 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 and God's still blessing. God's still blessing in that season. How about this? Could it be that we're in the midst of a miracle season and we can't even see it? Could, could it be because the miracle that we thought we needed, God didn't provide, and he provides another miracle. What if you can, you can be so forward-minded that you're missing the miracle that God has for you right now? See, this is where the Israelites were. They couldn't even see and really partake in the miracles that God was doing for them in that season because they were so worried about what they didn't have. What if we're so worried about numbers in the church? That we're missing what God is doing around us. What if we're, 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 we're trying to do a status quo or we're trying to be the next, the next people and we're missing what God wants to do now? What if we're in the middle of a miracle season? God provided water. God provided manna from heaven. God provided a cloud, a pillar. He provided, he, he directed them a longer way, but protected them from, from battle. God was blessing them time and time again. Could it be that God is blessing us and we can't even see it because we're so worried about what we don't have? This is where they're at. The season of blessing, and they couldn't even identify it because they, they, they didn't have confidence in it. And last week, we talked about where your attention is, is where your confidence will be. See, when you put your attention to your issues, that's where you're going to draw your confidence from, and you're always going to be depressed. But when you put your confidence in the one that never is never shaken, the one that loves you past your insecurities, past your problems, he loves you no matter what, he died for you. When you put your confidence in that, the solid rock of Jesus Christ, man, you cannot be moved. See, it, generations of slavery in the Israelite camp. And what if God is telling you, get out of the mindset of being a victim and become a victor. Because if God saved you before, he can save you again. But we get in the mindset of a victim. It's all about me. Oh, my life is horrible. Are you still breathing? Because if you're still breathing, you still have purpose. See, we got to identify even the little miracles in our life. Because the little miracles set us up for the bigger ones. 
See, we got to identify these things in our life. And now we see the children of Israel as they as they traveling through the, the desert. We see now God at one point, God protected them from battle. Remember when they came out of Israel, they were like, oh, we want to fight the Philistines. We want to go the easy way, the easy way and go straight through the Philistine. But God knew that they weren't ready for it. But now we go through the Red Sea. We go through this whole journey and we find them now ready for battle, ready for war as they fight the Amalekites. Let's go to Exodus chapter 17 in verse 8 through 16. And let's let's read here, give some context of what we're going to be talking about today. And the Amalekites came and fought the Israelites at Rephidim. Uh, so, is, so Moses said to Joshua, choose for us men and go and fight the Amalekites. Tomorrow I will stand on top of the mountain with a staff of God in my hand. So Joshua did as Moses told him and fought the Amalekites, while Moses, Aaron, and Hur um, went up to the top of the hill. Whenever Moses held his hands, Israel prevailed. And whenever he lowered his hands, the Amalekites prevailed. But Moses' hand grew weary, so they took a stone and put it under him. And he sat on it while Aaron and Hur held his hands, uh, held his, up his hands on one side and the other on the, on the other side. So his hands were steady until, um, until going down of the sun. And Joshua overwhelmed the Malachites and his people with the sword. When the Lord said to Moses, write this as a memorial in a book and recite it in the ear of Joshua that I will utterly blot out the memory of the Amalekites under the heavens. And Moses built an altar and called it, the Lord is my banner, saying, I, uh, a, a hand upon the throne of the Lord, and, and the Lord will have war with the Amalekites from generation to generation. I got four things I want you to kind of grasp from this section of the, uh, of the Bible as we talk about the Israelites in the desert, and it can parallel to our life. Number one, who you pick determines your win. Who you pick determines your win. It says in verse 10, so Joshua did as Moses told them and fought the Malachites, and Moses, Aaron, and Hur went up to the top of the hill. Sometimes in the driest season of our life, it's important who we take along with us. It's important who we take along with. Aaron was Moses' older brother. And Aaron had, um, Aaron had every right to be jealous of Moses. I mean, Moses is the little kid, the little brother. And, you know, we, I have a son and I have a daughter. And they're always fighting. Any parents, their kids fight all the time? If you don't, yeah. There's always this, this, this rivalry, you know. There's always this rivalry. So, so in, in, in the natural, we could see that Moses is kind of being blessed. Moses is kind of being, he's the, he's the chosen one. And Aaron's kind of can be in his shadow in a way. But Aaron knew that if he, if, if Moses' calling was from God, that he needed to protect that calling and protect his brother as well. It, it, it really matters who you take along in the desert season. Then we talked about her. It's not her, each H-E-R is her, okay? You know, we talk about her. Some say that this is Moses' nephew, and then other accounts say that it's his brother-in-law. But her was very loyal to the call of Moses. 
God's call of Moses in his life. He was loyal to that. Can I tell you today, who you bring up in your life will either hold you back or tear you down if you, if you choose the wrong person. We got to be careful this. We got to be careful who we give availability in our life. Because some people can't handle it. There's been times in my life where I was just an open book for somebody and, and, and they, they took that in other ways and they just weren't ready for that. They weren't ready. Be careful who you take along the way, even in the driest seasons of your life. I'm not saying to be closed off. I'm not saying not to have friends. I'm here to say that you need to trust. But sometimes other people's intentions isn't as pure as yours. And we have to have this thing called discernment in our life. We cannot live life thinking that everybody is for us. It's just reality. See, some people are for you for a season and some people are not for you in other seasons. But we have to discern the seasons in our life and know that even in the driest season of our life, we have to be care careful who our circle is. We have to be careful. Sometimes you have to diminish your, you have to take away from your circle to grow a little more in God. Can I be real with you today? That, that we have to be careful who we take along in the seasons of our life. And see, her and Aaron went up with Moses to a mountain. You got to take, let me set the scene here. They go up this hill and down on the, in the valley, we see the Amalekites and the Israelites, they're fighting in war. And we see that Moses, when he lifted up his hand, they prevailed. And when he dropped his hand, they were, not, uh, they, they were not winning the war. See, I'm learning in this season of my life that about loyalty. Have you ever had a disloyal person? I have a person that kind of was loyal in one season and then backstabbed you in the other season. I'm learning in this season of my life. That loyalty is not always the loud person. Loyalty is the person that's there in the hard times. See, we don't have to have yes men in our life. I'm not saying to have people that always agree with you because that's wrong as well. You need people that are going to encourage you to grow and not quit in this desert season of your life. Proverbs chapter 17, verse 17 says, a friend loves at all times, but a brother is born in adversity. There's a difference between a friend and a brother. A friend is there when things are great. But a brother is there when hard times, when you need them the most. When, when you're at the desert seasons of your life and you've seen your, the battle fought, fought in front of you and you need somebody there by your side. You need a brother more than you need a friend. Because that's when loyalty, that's what Aaron and her was. You need to understand that we need to know, check our circles, because who we bring along matters. Number two, your posture matters in the desert season of your life. Verse 11, whenever Moses held his hand high, Israel prevailed. And whenever he lowered his hand, the Amalekites prevailed. It's very important to know the posture of your life in the desert seasons you were in. Your posture determines your effectiveness in that season. See, in, in life, if we always have this down posture, oh, it's woe is me. Everybody's against me. You're always going to be defeated. 
But then reverse that. Then you have those people that are overconfident. <laughs> you know those kind of people? That it doesn't matter who they hurt on the way to success. But the problem about that is you can have the success in the world, but you have no relationships because you killed everybody along the way. We have to balance our posture in this season of our life. If your posture, we need to, we see Aaron, we see Aaron, Moses, and her went up on the hill. The battle's down in the, in, in the valley. God told Moses to hold his hand high. And, and it, when, I was, when I was a little kid, I, I heard this a couple times, and I felt like when Moses held his hand high, it was like he just got these superpowers. It's like, that's how they won. He, he, when he held his hand high, it wasn't because he got the superpowers, but I'm here to tell you today that when he held his hand high, it was an act of prayer and surrender for the battle that they were in. Can I tell you this? That, that, that the biggest weapon you have in the battle that you have in your life is going to be the weapon in the warfare. It's called prayer. That's the weapon you have. Prayer is your constant communication. It's the power you need attached to battle this fight. The amazing, this amazing passage, here's the thing. Moses, it shows that Israel was dependent on one man for the whole nation. What if you were, what if you were Moses? Think about this. There's a whole nation of Israel. And God said, Moses, I hope you wore deodorant today. Because you got to keep that hands up high. And if you don't, everyone dies. I, I, I always think a little bit past the story. Uh, what if I'm a, a soldier in the, in the, and I see, you know, I'm battling, and then I see three guys just chilling up there. Like, can you help me <laughs> down here? But here's the thing what we need to understand. Moses at one time of his life thought that fighting that the war was the only way to win a battle. But now in this season of his life, God tells Joshua to go fight. And the greatest weapon for Israel wasn't a sword. It was a prayer. In one season, he thought it was only about warfare, but God was really telling him it was to fight on his knees. Our posture of prayer is the power we need to fight this fight. We have the tools. Get in the posture of surrender to fight this battle that you're dealing with because the fight that we're dealing with is not only is not going to be one with our hands, it's going to be one on our knees. See, you tried all the things. You tried to throw money at it. You tried to throw friendship at it. You tried to throw everything. But I'm here to tell you that this fight that you're fighting is not going to be fight. This fight of depression, this fight of suicidal thoughts, this fight of doubt, of your marriage issues, of unforgiveness, of trust, of hurt. This fight that you're fighting with is only going to win with the posture of prayer, of communication with God. is not going to win any other way. You got to get on your knees, hold your hands up high, and say, God, I surrender this season of my life. I'm going after you. You tried everything. What a try to, of a different posture of your life. See, God said it's not going to, when you lift up your hands, it's an act of surrender and prayer to me. In Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 says, do not be anxious in anything, but in everything, with prayer and supplication, give your thanksgiving and requests known to God. 
it will not be, it will be one on your knees in prayer, not with your hands. See, some of us have been fighting the same fight. And you feel like you're in this cycle. But we don't pray about it. In a way, we complain about it. But what if we change our posture? God knew that the Amalekites were probably going to overwhelm the Israelites. You got to think about it. They're in the desert. It's hot. They're probably weak. They just started getting manna from heaven. It was like Olive Garden every morning. Bring on the breadsticks. But God knew that this battle, and I'm here to tell you today, that this battle you're dealing with can only be won on your knees. It, it can only be won in the spirit, not in the physical. When we try to change our posture in this season, number three, in the desert seasons, who is lifting you up? Who is lifting you up? See, there's two types of people. There's givers and takers. You can identify with one of them probably. See, there's some people that they give, 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 and, they're not, and, and they don't care about anybody giving back to them. They're just givers. But then there's people that are takers. I'm in the middle. Mostly a taker. <laughs> takers, not only me, don't judge me, because I know some of you. Takers are like, hey, give me the encouragement. <laughs> Lift me up. I'm, I'm good with you lifting me up. But what happens when you're so down? Who's lifting you up? See, we see Moses here. At one point of this battle, he got worn out. Can we be real with each other today? Have you been worn out before? I, I, I'm just talking to parents for a minute. Have you been worn out before? Where, where you just look at your kids and there's this conflict on the inside. Where you love what you hate. And, and, and you sometimes you, you want to pray over them and put them holy hands on them. But then other times, there's a little bit of a, the devil in this, inside of you. And you don't want to put no holy hands on them. And you just feel worn out. I think 2020 wore everybody out. I think when they mark it in life, in, in, the, in the books of, of history, 2020 should be called worn out. Especially for parents. You had to teach them. You had to, you had to in, all in one year, you had to become a, a cafeteria person. You got to be an Uber driver where you ain't going anywhere. So you're, you're ordering stuff. You, you, you become the, the art teacher, the PE coach, security, <laughs> all of it. And have you been there before where you finally get the kids to sleep? And you look at your husband or your wife, and you're like, two minutes later, you're all sleeping. You're worn out. How about spiritually? Or you, 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 have you been worn out spiritually? 
See, this is where Moses was. Moses had all the energy and the drive to lift his hands in the beginning. But at some point, here I'm going to tell you today, in this fight that you're fighting, at some point you're going to get worn out. And this is where Christians fail all the time. Is when we're worn out, we either do, do two things. We, tell, we, we try to fake that we're not worn out and we continue to go and we burn ourselves out and then we blame God and we, begin, we leave the church. Or we do another thing. We just complain about it. But what if God is telling us today that you know the worn out season is coming. Who are you surrounding yourself with that are going to lift you up? See, it's past, it's past this, hey, oh, yes, I'm going to pray about you. You know those people that are like, they're always going to pray about you. But like, can you pray for me now? You know, like, oh, I'll pray. I'm going to pray for you. Okay. Like, are you? Really? Going to pray for me? We see Moses getting tired and worn out in the midst of this fight. And he needed Aaron. And he needed her to, to, to fight with him. Check this out. Aaron and her supported Moses' hand. Aaron and her came alongside of Moses and literally held his hands up in prayer. They helped him and partnered with him in intersection, in, 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 in praying with him. So what he did, you need friends to not say, hey, it's going to be okay. You need friends to say, hey, while you're on your knees praying, I'm going to be right alongside of you. I'm going to be praying this thing with you. You need people that are going to lift you up and say, I'm going to get in my, in my war room, in my prayer room, and pray with you. I need people to lift me up. No more patty cake friendships. We need warriors here. Because life is hard, and guess what? It's going to get harder. You need people alongside of you that are going to lift your hands when you feel the weakest. I, I will hold you up when you feel weak. I will lift you up. It's important in life uh, because life is going to hit that, that you don't do life alone. You need friends. You need family. You need a church. You need a community that comes alongside you and say, hey, we know you're going to be weak at times. You don't have to be perfect, but you have to know that I'm going to lift you up when you're weak. And when you're weak, you lift me up. When you're weak, I'm going to lift you up. And when I'm weak. I need you to lift me up. We need people to come alongside of us and say, hey, we are not perfect, but we're going to lift each other up and know that we always have a plan. It's God's purpose in our life. I need you. You need me. We need to lift each other up when we are weak. But far too long in the church, when somebody is weak, we tear them down even more. It's so hurtful that we're supposed to be the body of Christ and show God's love and grace. And But when somebody messes up, we tear them down. What are we doing, church? When do we become perfect? You're never going to become, you're never going to be perfect. But when pursuing God, there's going to be times when we are weak, but we can't tear each other apart. Especially in times where, turn on your TV. It is crazy out there. We need a church. I'm here to tell you, the, the Axios Church, I'm declaring over this church that we're going to be a church that is strong, not in numbers, not in finances, but growing in community and saying, hey, when you're down, I'm there with you. And when I'm down, I need you there with me. We need to do this together. 
Because here's the reality. If Moses didn't have Aaron and didn't have her, there would not be Israel right now. So what is that telling me? That your story is important to my story. And my story is important to your story. That we need to work together and lift each other up in this season. And it shows unity. And unity is so powerful. We don't do desert seasons alone. We lift each other up. And last one. Is number four, wave the flag. Wave the flag. Verse 14, it says this. Then the Lord said to Moses, write this as a memorial in a book and recite it in the ears of Joshua. Let me stop you right there because I, 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 I need you to understand this. And we're going to talk about this in two weeks. Joshua this is the first time we see Joshua coming on the scene in the Israelites. But do you have to understand this? Is Joshua was really the one that was going to cross into the promised land. Moses was preparing Joshua for what was to come. And Joshua didn't even know it. Matter of fact, probably Moses didn't even know it. But this is such a, 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 a vital part in Joshua's life. Because Joshua said, hey, write this down. Write this victory down and tell it to Joshua. And here's the awkward part. It says, tell it in his ear. Hey, Joshua. <laughs> Why? Because Joshua needed that at one point of his life. That's why encouragement matters. That's why we shouldn't hold back our encouragement to each other. You know why? Because Joshua was going to be really the one to deliver the Israelites to the promised land. Moses was never going to enter into the promised land. Joshua needed to know, hey, if God fought this battle, what is to come, if I have people around me that can support me, we can be victorious. We need to encourage each other. When somebody's doing something good, even if it, hey, you're a, great, you're a great mom. I don't see anybody that fights for the kids even more than Shondell right here. But guess what? She's showing her kids and the generations to come that family matters. That, 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 that we need to stay together. That fighting for each other matters. See, we have to recite these things to our generations, to generations to come. So we said, wave the flag. What, is that, what does that even, even mean? Verse 15, then Moses built an altar and called it, the Lord is my banner. Saying upon, uh, the hand upon the throne of the Lord and the Lord would fight the war, the Malachi from generations to generations. See, though Moses knew his prayer was important, he wasn't foolish enough to know that he won the battle. Moses didn't win the battle. God won the battle. So as an act of worship, he built an altar and praised the name Jehovah 
Nisi. The Lord is my banner. Nisi described as a, as a flag or a banner. A flag or a banner. The idea is that God is victorious in battle and the flag is his victory lifted high. See, I think in times we need to put our battle in perspective. We might be in the battle, but I'm here to tell you today, this battle shall pass. Somebody has to hear that this morning. Your battle is real, but this too shall pass. See, the white flag usually represents that the enemy surrenders this battle, that they have overcome, that they have been overwhelmed and they want to quit. For the enemy, the white flag means quit. But for the other side, it means victory. When you see the white flag, for one means we quit. But for others means we win. I love the, the movie 300. Anybody like 300? This is Sparta. I love 300. I, I, I just love that movie. And they took 300 men, fought these crazy wars. How did they have the guts and the drive to do it? Because they were going under the name Sparta. They had a different name above their battle. They had a different name above what they were dealing with. So when everybody came in, what did they say? This is Sparta. Why? Because they had to tell the enemy who they were and what they were fighting under. And they had to remind themselves who they were. So in times of battle in our life. It says God is a banner over you. That when the enemy is overwhelmed and quits, that means your victory is in hand. That when, when, when the fight seems too hard, it says that he's a banner over that situation. We don't fight from, we don't fight in victim, we fight a victor. That God is there waving his banner, waving his, his he's the, he's Jehovah Nisi. He's the banner over my life. He's the banner over my situation. He's the banner over my temptation. He's the banner waved over me. And even in the midst of the battle, there's a banner over my life. There's a banner of victory over my life. 
There's a banner that is going to uh, is going to tell my my enemy that he is never going to be victorious in this. The banner over you. This means that victory is waved over the battle that you're fighting in. That means that you might be in the fight, but Jehovah Nisi is waving the banner of victory over your life. This is not the end. You're not going to die in this desert. You're not going to be defeated in this battle. We have to understand that the cross determines our victory that the battle's already won victory might come in different forms that I don't understand and it might be hard but fight the good fight and when I'm fighting the good fight I know that there's a banner waved over me and when I fight I know that I fight with power I fight in his spirit I fight out of out of victory I know that the banner of God is waved over me I don't have to live in defeat it's your victory and God wanted Moses to build an altar so the Israelites know that hell might rise against them. But there's something over you that is greater than that temptation. It's a, it's a flag, it's a banner of victory. You will overcome. You will come on the other side of this battle. It might be hard. It might be that you don't know when the next bill is going to get paid. But I'm here to tell you there's a banner over your life of victory that you, you might got a bad report from the, from the doctor. But I'm here to tell you today there's a banner over your life that God is more than a conqueror. Then you're more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus. Go in battle. Fight the good fight because you know that victory is at hand because God is Jehovah Nisi, the banner over my life. I will overcome. Not I might. I will overcome. And as I close, the fight will even come in the desert seasons of your life. The enemy is going to not roll over and have you get blessed all the time. But when we choose the right people to roll with in our life, when we have a posture of prayer and praise, when we choose to surround our people that are gonna lift us up, we know that the banner of, of, of victory is waved over my life and I don't have to do this desert season alone. That we can support each other. But at the end of the day, we ain't confused. God wins the battle. It's for his glory, not mine. He's the banner over my life. Thank you again for joining us here at Axios. Hey, to hear more messages just like this, go ahead and subscribe to this channel. If you want more information about Axios, go to axioschurch.com. There you can get more information, give, and connect. Remember, we love you, and we're in this together.